0: All right, here we go. Episode three of the Real Deal podcast. A lot to talk about today. It was a weekend filled with football, uh, some upsets. Um, there are some job openings to talk about. There's a lot to get to. And so we're going to dive right in. Our last podcast, we talked about the college football playoffs, those took place New Year's Day with the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. The first game between Alabama and Notre Dame went about the way I thought it would. The score ended up being a little bit closer than what I think a lot of people thought, but in the second half, Alabama really just kind of shut it down. Um, It was 21-7 at halftime. They just never never looked like they were in full attack mode throughout the game, and then Notre Dame got the late touchdown in the game to – To make it 31-14. Devontae Smith probably already had the Heisman wrapped up before the game started. Definitely solidified himself as the Heisman favorite. After the game, or during the game, with seven catches, 130 yards, three touchdowns. And Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama, had a Heisman moment, so to speak, with his hurdle that he had over the Notre Dame player. But overall, just kind of a kind of a um, a ho hum win, you know. Nick Saban got mad at halftime when he couldn't hear the the uh, interview person for ESPN, and so you got to believe that he's not going to be very happy with the way they played down the stretch. That last touchdown, they didn't get that onside kick, and so the worst thing for probably Ohio State. And now, with the other news that came out. Is that he's going to make sure that that he has them locked in uh, for the uh, championship against Ohio State, leading into the second game, the Sugar Bowl. Like I said, Ohio State did upset Clemson. It may not be an upset to some people, to the state, to the state of Ohio. I'm sure they expected that to happen. It's a good win for the Big Ten. Typically, I don't cheer for other conference teams, but with everything that the Big Ten went through this year with the leadership, that felt like a a proud moment for for the football players of all Big Ten teams, the coaches, and everybody that were able to um, just kind of rally together and get a win for the conference, prove that the conference is, is pretty good overall. And so, moving forward, um, Justin Fields really showed his ability against Clemson. Uh, He took that vicious hit in the second quarter and went out a play or two, came back in. Um, You got to believe he took a shot of something at halftime to help help the ribs feel better, but Overall, just a dominating performance by by Ohio State. And Trey Sermon, who went off against Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship, played extremely well again running the ball, had over 30 carries for almost 200 yards and a touchdown. Oh. Trevor Lawrence threw for 400 yards, but it was kind of a, kind of a, um, I don't even know what you want to call it, kind of like I said with the first game, kind of just a ho-hum performance from him. Um, got roughed up by the Ohio State defense. And I was real impressed with the way Ohio State's defensive line got after it. And watching them do that against Clemson, against a pretty, pretty, pretty solid offensive line from Clemson, I'm not sure that that Alabama offensive line will be able to handle that pressure that that defensive line provided for the Ohio State defense. And obviously... It's well known about their uh, famous defensive line coach, Larry Johnson, that was at Penn State for the longest time, went over to Ohio State when Urban was there, and has really developed good defensive linemen. Uh, you think about like different schools, I talked about Notre Dame kind of being a modern, they've had a lot of success with offensive linemen getting drafted. Ohio State's put a lot of defensive linemen in the, in the draft as well and in the NFL with the two Bosa brothers, and then obviously Chase Young, who is just an absolute freak and looks like he's going to be a star for the the Washington football team for a long time. And so he's, he's had a lot of talent there, and he's, he's definitely definitely coached them up. And even when he was at Penn State, he had a lot of, a lot of talented defensive linemen there. And so, like I said, that brings us to the national championship, which will be one week from tonight, Ohio State versus Alabama. It's kind of crazy. This is just the second time that they've played. They played back in the first ever playoff. And this is just the second time since you would think that two teams that have won as much as these two have over the last 10 years, they would have played more than just one time. And I think it's a matchup that everybody has wanted for a while. But with a few upsets here and there and all that other stuff, we haven't been given the opportunity to see those two teams play. So, exciting that those two will match up. We'll do a show uh, probably Sunday that I'll get into more of that and kind of my thoughts and keys to that game. Um, Sticking with the college football landscape, Texas made the decision to fire Tom Herman. They already have Steve Sarkeesian, Alabama's offensive coordinator, to replace him. It's kind of an interesting move. After the bowl game that Texas dominated, their athletic director came out and said, well, it was before the bowl game. He said that Tom Herman would be their coach going forward, and that was basically the end of it. Texas goes to the Alamo Bowl and dominates Colorado, and they do it playing a lot of young guys, a lot of freshmen and sophomores. And so, once again, you hear the the famous phrase, Texas is back. And then th- this news breaks... I think it was Saturday morning about Tom Herman being fired and all the stuff that led into it. And right away, once they had, once ESPN broke that, they said right away that Steve Sarkisian was more than likely gonna be his replacement. And that brings up an interesting interesting thought. Um The last time that a offensive coordinator got a job as a head coach when he was at Alabama was Lane Kiffin. couple years ago and it was the week of the game and coach Saban told him to um basically just to go ahead and go do your Florida Atlantic job and they had an interim uh offensive coordinator for the for the national championship and Clemson really handled Alabama that that week so it'll be interesting to see if that factors into the game Monday night I'll be sure to put my thoughts on that in the the breakdown this weekend. Uh, some other coaching news. A lot of rumors flying about Urban Meyer, whether or not he's going to be an NFL coach. And so the Jaguars are a team that it appears that that will be the team he goes to. But I saw today that there's an asking price of like $12 million a year just for him to coach that NFL franchise. And so we'll see what happens. And it would be interesting too, to see what type of control he would want. And even if the ownership would would be willing to give him anything that he would ask, if he wants to be the head coach GM type, or if he would, what type of support staff he would put around him and all that stuff, just to try to make, make a successful run in the NFL. Um, The NFL season did wrap up this past weekend, unfortunately, and I guess fortunately, both. For my Chicago Bears, we did lose to the Packers. Uh, It was close for about 56 minutes, 55 minutes or so. Um, Hats off to the Packers. I think if I had to put a Super Bowl projection out right now, I would say Green Bay versus Buffalo. I think those are two teams that can play in the cold weather, can play against any team, and you know, offensively, you just it's I Buffalo put up 56 points on a pretty good Miami Dolphins team that had a lot to play for this weekend. And they were in a situation where they needed to win to get in, and obviously Tua didn't do much for them Sunday. They didn't have Ryan Fitzpatrick to To bring in from the bullpen. But that Buffalo team. Is a very good team. That I would not want to get matched up. With. In the playoffs. Um, Ultimately they would have to go to Kansas City. If they reach that far. But you think about. The cold weather in Buffalo. It's going to be cold in Kansas City. Um, They're not going to be bothered by. The cold weather. And so. With that, we'll talk NFC wildcard playoffs this weekend first. Um, Well, let's do this. We'll go the Saturday games first. So, like I said a little bit ago, the Bears ultimately lost. But because the Rams beat the Cardinals, it eliminated the Cardinals. So, it put the Bears in. So, happy that they're in. But at the same time... Not pleased with the outcome against the Packers. They've lost four in a row against them now. Like I said back in the first episode, of the pod, um it's just been a it's just been a, a rivalry that the Packers have owned the past ten years. And it's painful for me to say that, but you know, truth hurts sometimes, and until until Aaron Rodgers retires, it'll probably stay. Stay the same because the way that he can just dissect a defense is fantastic, and Devontae adams the best best receiver in the nFL he's doing it with one receiver because the other guys aren't true number ones, maybe not even twos they're guys that you would just fill in on a roster and he's he's making them look like they're all pros, so very good team, hard to beat um Crazy thing is, if the Bears end up winning, they'll get stuck playing them for the third time next week. So hopefully, if that does happen, third time will be the charm. But anyway, so Saturday, Super Wild Card Weekend. This is the first time that both Saturday and Sunday will feature three wild card games. So kicking us off on Saturday will be... The Buffalo Bills hosting the Indianapolis Colts. This is a team, a matchup with two teams. Buffalo's really thrown the ball a lot more this year. Uh, they went out and got Stephon Diggs from Minnesota, and he's really been an asset to uh, Josh Allen. I know in the couple of years before, Josh Allen has looked okay, serviceable as an NFL quarterback, but this year you give him Stephon Diggs. That defense has always been pretty salty up there. And then, you know, if you can get um, a decent ground game going too, then then you're going to be successful. And so, like I said, that game is in Buffalo. The Bills are favored by six and a half with the Colts. You never know what you're going to get with Phillip Rivers. He's had plenty of games in his career where he goes out and plays amazing or, go out and drop a dud and throw three or four interceptions. But the ground game that the Colts have with uh, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin running back, could keep them in it. And they're both – both offensive lines are, are physical. They like to run the ball. And uh, the coaches are really two too hardcore, hardcore, no-nonsense guys. So if I'm going to pick this one, I'm going to take Buffalo. I think that they get the job done. Um, I think they 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 easily cover, and I think they win by two two touchdowns seven somewhere around seventeen points, I think is what they'll win by. second game on Sunday, or excuse me Saturday, we jump to the NFC with the Seattle Seahawks, the third seed in the West, or in the NFC hosting the Los Angeles Rams. This will be the third time this year they've played. Division rivals, uh, Seattle favored by four and a half in that one. It'll be interesting to see the status of Jared Goff. I know Sean McVay had said that he had hoped that Goff would be ready for the playoffs, but after the game Sunday, he said he wasn't sure. And so John Wolford, their quarterback that won them the game against the Cardinals, could be the guy to go for them again this Sunday um seattle you know what you're gonna get with russell wilson um he was an MVP candidate earlier in the season kind of cooled off a little bit they kind of caught fire again lately getting chris carson back as a running back you never know um who he's gonna throw to with dk metcalf and tyler lockett out there two two good weapons on the outside and so that game being in Seattle, I know there's no, there, I don't know if they'll have limited fans. Buffalo gets to have, I think, 7,000 fans. I don't know what, <clears throat> excuse me, what Seattle will have. But the defense of the Seahawks has played a lot better recently, too. Uh, going back to trading for Carlos Dunlap earlier in the season, he's kind of brought an attitude to that team and then throw in Jamal Adams, who they picked up from the Jets. Um, they bring an attitude to that defense, and so it'll be a good game. I think, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. They just played a couple of weeks ago, and it was a low-scoring affair. And so I'm going to take the Seahawks in that one by, oh, we'll go seven. I think they'll win by a touchdown, um, but I think that it'll be low-scoring, not a lot of offense. Uh, the Saturday night game takes us to... Washington D.C. for the Washington football team winning the NFC East. A lot of controversy in that game last night with Philadelphia and Washington. Philadelphia looked like they were poised to win it. But then Doug Peterson took out Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. Put in Nate Sudfeld. And the Redskins prevailed. A lot of unhappy New York Giants fans Uh, just from an from an outsider that I don't have a rooting interest in either one of the teams, but I would have a hard time being a player on the Philadelphia Eagles and seeing our rookie quarterback. That's brought a lot of energy and life to our team, get taken out in the fourth quarter for our third string quarterback. Who's been there four or five years, who hasn't been able to make a move on the roster. And then especially when he comes in, he throws an interception on his first drive Turns around, fumbles it, and loses it. The next one, um, just watching it on TV, you could see the the reaction of their center Jason Kelsey, not very happy on the sideline. And so <clears throat> Doug Peterson said after the game that you know there was no way he was trying to lose it, but there was just a lot of a lot of weird vibes with that one. And Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth both were just kind of implying the same thing that. They tried to lose it on purpose. They were trying to tank it. And basically, if they would have won, they couldn't win the division. So they knew they were already out of the playoffs. They they knew they couldn't win the division. And so the two draft picks. If they lost, they would get the sixth pick. If they won, they would have got the ninth. So not a huge not a huge difference there, but regardless um just kind of some questionable questionable ethics i guess you want to say down the stretch um when you talk about the washington football team ron rivera uh one heck of a coach to take on that team with a lot of newcomers a lot of new pieces uh you have the dwayne haskins saga with him in and up getting released um Alex Smith back from a life-threatening injury leading them to the division and to the playoffs is just crazy. And what he's built with that defense, uh, Chase Young, the rookie from Ohio State, one of the top picks last year, looks like he's going to be a star in the league for a long time. Just an absolute stud, uh, hard to block already as a rookie, and so he's going to continue to get better and better. And with a 7 with a 7-9 and record, they're going to have another good draft pick as well. And they've drafted well the last couple of years. They've gotten Terry McLaurin, a receiver. Uh, they've gotten Antonio Gibson in the late rounds, who was a heck of a running back for him this year. So they've got a lot of good pieces, a lot of young pieces. And so I think having Ron Rivera, who really kind of jump-started the Panthers again, having him as their head coach and their leader in that locker room, Will do well for that team. They're hosting Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, and Dominican Sue, Levante David. Um, that one, that's gonna be a good game, you know. Obviously, Tom's used to playing in the cold weather, being in his time in New England. I think that Tampa Bay wins by a couple touchdowns. They're only favored by seven and a half, but <clears throat> I think that Tom's on a mission right now to prove that he can he can win without Belichick, and he's got a good connection going with Antonio Brown. You take him away, he still has Mike Evans. You take him away, he's got Gronk, and then in the run game you have Ronald Jones and and Leonard Fournette, and so they're they're a scary team. Good coach with Bruce Arians leading them, and so I, that one might might end up being one of the better games of the day. But I think, I think Tampa Bay wins by two touchdowns. Moving on to Sunday, the early game at noon features the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. Two teams that played last year in the playoffs. Tennessee went into Baltimore and upset them. Uh, obviously with Tennessee, it starts with Derrick Henry. Went over 2,000 yards, just an absolute battering ram of a running back. You don't see too many 6'2, 6'3, 250-pound running backs that that run like him. And you know, when he gets going, it's it's scary. I wouldn't want to be in front of him to bring him down. Um, with the Ravens, they've ever since they were out with COVID a few weeks back, they've really caught fire. Lamar's back playing well, he looks refreshed. JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards, those running backs um their defense is playing well they rushed for over 400 yards on Sunday and so Greg Roman their offensive coordinator does a good job drawing up schemes for them and the Titans defense with Mike Vrabel as the coach defense heavy so it'll be interesting to see how how that one plays out um if you can get the offense going for the Ravens, they're tough to stop. But you're, I believe you're going to have to have Lamar throw the ball a little bit to beat Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, it's real simple. You've got to have Derrick Henry going, and then you're going to need Ryan Tannehill to hook up with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis as receivers and just continue to score. I think that one's going to be a high-scoring game. I think that one's going to be one of the better games on Sunday to watch. Baltimore favored by 4.5. I think that they do win. Uh, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll come down to a late field goal. And I think Justin Tucker wins the game for them at the very end. Second game on Sunday, the one that I'm going to pay the most attention to, uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. Bears get in at 8-8. Eight 7-seed. Eight, they played the Saints earlier this year, lost to them in overtime. That was before Mitch Trubisky got his starting job back. So that was a Nick Foles-led team. And, um, it'll be interesting to see. I think playing the Saints again, um, I think we can take advantage of a a second matchup. If that game would have been on Saturday, there was a good chance that Alvin Kamara and some of the other running backs would have been out because of COVID. And so now that it's on Sunday, they should be eligible to play again as long as they pass the necessary tests that they need to. But obviously with New Orleans, it starts with Drew Brees. They love using Taysom Hill in whatever role they can. He's like the swift army knife for that team. And so you've got to expect you're going to see him quite a bit. And, you know, this is the last playoff run, more than likely, for Drew Brees. A lot of people think that he'll be done after this year. And so um, you might be walking into a hornet's nest, going down to New Orleans to play. They might might be very motivated to try to get Drew another another Super Bowl But unfortunately, the Saints are favored by 8.5. I hate doing it, but I'm going to pick the Saints to win. I think they'll win by 10. I think it'll be kind of a back-and-forth game, but I think ultimately just that playoff experience and Sean Payton calling the plays will make the difference for um, the Saints to get the win. Last game on Sunday, Sunday night football. Two teams that just played this past Sunday or yesterday, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh comes in favored by three and a half. I think they cover that easily, and I think they win by two touchdowns. There was an interesting scenario on one of the ESPN shows today that said did Pittsburgh purposely let Cleveland win yesterday so that way they could get him in the first round or in the wild card. I don't personally believe that. I don't think that it's ever a good idea to let a team win so you can play them again in the playoffs because it is hard to beat a team twice, especially when you play them just a week earlier. But who knows? You know, I think it, Pittsburgh didn't have Roethlisberger yesterday. And so if he's back playing, I think Pittsburgh wins. Um, ball uh excuse me Cleveland might be just a couple years away still. I think the better they get with Baker Mayfield, I think Kevin Stefanski, a really good coach for them. Uh Bill Callahan, <clears throat> Bill Callahan, former head coach at Nebraska, is their offensive line coach. So he's done a good job with with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and that offensive line. And like I said, I think I think continuously um to run the ball with those guys, they will get better next year and the year after that, but I think I think Pittsburgh right now has the coaching advantage with Mike Tomlin, uh, the quarterback play with Roethlisberger, and they just have more weapons on offense than what Cleveland does. So picks again, the Saints, Seahawks, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and the Ravens. Uh, today is labeled as Black Friday or Black Monday in the NFL world for coaches getting fired before the season was over. Uh, Atlanta had fired Dan Quinn. Houston had fired Bill O'Brien. Uh, Adam Gase, the Jets head coach, got fired today. Doug Marone of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Matt Patricia from the Lions earlier this year had gotten fired. So, not a lot of jobs opened up, but it'll be interesting to see who fills those positions. I know Northwestern's head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, is open to taking NFL interviews. I saw a tweet today that had his name um, circulating with the Detroit Lions, which would be kind of weird because he is a big Bears fan and has said before the only NFL job he would want would be the Bears, but his athletic director at Northwestern is becoming the ACC commissioner. His longtime defensive coordinator at Northwestern just retired. So if there was ever a time for Pat to move on to the NFL, it might be this year. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, his name is being flashed around with a lot of jobs. He's kind of the hot, hot coaching name this year. Um... And so we'll see what happens. I think that I don't think there'll be any more um Anthony Lynn from the Los Angeles Chargers was also fired. He'd been there a few years they were just they were twelve and four two or three years ago, and I think made it to the a f c championship so it's definitely a win win now league unless you're unless you're bill Belichick or you know, one of those coaches that have has won Super Bowls and, and have been a lot of places. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, just want to wrap this up by saying thank you for listening again. I know this one went a little bit longer, but we had a lot to talk about. I enjoy the heck out of doing these. Whether we have one person listen or 1,000, it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep putting them out there. And so if you've listened, if you've subscribed, you know, whatever, thank you for taking the time to do so. Share it with your friends, whoever else who enjoys sports. Um, got some fun ideas coming up here in the next couple weeks with different topics to do, having some different guests on, talking about different things, different perspectives and stuff. So the next episode for sure will go, we'll go Sunday night. Or, yeah, we'll go Sunday night. We'll talk about Super Wildcard Weekend. We'll preview the national championship. Talk about the Heisman Trophy presentation, which takes place tomorrow night. So all that will be on the show next Sunday. And then we'll continue to do these on Sunday or Monday to until the playoffs are over. And then we'll come up with a new schedule. But, again, thank you for listening, taking the time out. Uh, Hopefully it's a half hour well spent just kind of hearing my, my thoughts on <laughs> different stuff in the sports world. And so enjoy the rest of your evening or day, depending on when you listen to it. And look forward to having you join us later on. Thanks.